if you have a shadow, then the city has a shadow. The nation has a shadow. Yeah. Your humanity has a collective shadow, yes. right? And he's looking at, and now he can see clearly, and he's looking out at um, the way the bearers are treated, for example, yeah. the way that they're being uh, this, like like that woman saying, oh, that's not my real child. That That's her suppressing the truth, yes. right? Yes. And it's like, no, there's a truth here. That those are humans too. You're and suppressing that is it, your child. and you're suppressing it because yeah. you don't. You would feel like a monster for treating a human that way. Yes, and you feel that you have to treat them that way because you rely on the ether. Yes. So you have no choice but to treat them that way. Yes. But he's saying that what in order to justify doing that, the guilt, right? You suppress that shadow, which is a monstrous thing, right? Yes. That the way they're treating bears, the society as a whole is suppressing that, and Clive is saying, "I'm going to make them face it." Yes. The way I faced my shadow. Yes. That's powerful because yes. it's multiple levels. It scales, right? Yes. He had it for himself and now he's seen, this is how you fix things. Yes. Whatever he was doing before or the revenge the or revenge, even even yeah. as the leader being like, well, let's be nice, but still going to keep slaves and all that. Yeah. Now he's finally sees for what it is that like, no, you've got to look inward that society itself needs to introspect and that won't happen without a catalyst. Yes. I, 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 Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. And this is our Final Fantasy 16 analysis. Last time we left off, right as the Mother Crystal, uh, Drake's head was destroyed. Yeah. Ultima reveals himself. Joshua appears. A whole lot of crazy stuff. Uses the flames yep. of rebirth to bring Ultima into himself. Into himself. Yeah. That's wild. A lot of crazy stuff. Um, not much we can really say about it at this point. It would be speculative. We just got to get further into the game. Yeah. But um, basically, we're going to pick up here after a five-year time skip. Now, before we do that, yeah. there are a few comments from last week that I would like to address. Okey-dokey. So let's pull some of those up. So we had a few people bringing up the term Akashic. Yeah, and, uh, that it has a deeper meaning. So instead yeah. of instead of this being named after the tree, this is named after a Sanskrit word, which means ether, something more uh, akin to the word ether uh, as we gotcha. know it now. Yeah. And that the Akashic tree is named after that. So instead of Got this it. being named after the tree, it's like, no, this and the tree are both named after something else. Okay. Something even, even beyond it. Yeah, Mix here is saying... On the term Akashic, I think the Akashic records, a, th a theosophic term that is used yeah. to describe a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and events ever to have occurred in the past, present, or future in terms of all entities and life forms, not just human. Right. The important thing to note is that the Akashic records are believed by theosophists the to wisdom be of God. <laughs> encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane, where the records are encoded vi uh, vibrationally into the inherent fabric of space. It sounds like the collective unconscious. <laughs> it kind of does, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, very cool. So, yeah, what he's saying here, Sanskrit word for ether, right? Yeah. Sky, atmosphere. This term is intentionally chosen, uh, which has links to the deeper themes of will, and consciousness in the end. Yeah, there's a lot more with this term will in this game. Yes. Um, which yeah. I think we'll get to, not today, but not in this episode, but the one following this one with Ultima, some more stuff with Ultima. 
Yeah, that'd be good. So, uh, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Let's see. Okay, let's just let's just go. Out. There, there's a lot of comments on this, so I kind of want to touch on this in a more general sense. I, I, there's okay. only one person I want to like directly respond to, but there was a whole lot of discussion about our comments on uh, the conflict or lack thereof, or uh, furthering what they're doing with the Union Shadow motif. Okay. With Clive and Joshua and talking about how there could be maybe a little bit more of a unconscious jealousy angle that could sure. have, you know, led to him murdering his brother for in the unconscious mind for the sake of taking back his birthright and that accepting that would be a lot harder to do. Right. We had that whole conversation last mm. time. So there's a lot of people who were, you know, uh, reaching out and saying, oh, I agree with that so much and whatever. And there's a couple people who really disagreed. So I want to <laughs> focus on um, some of that disagreement uh, in particular. Um, there's one comment thread I had with somebody. If I switch to the correct account, I'll be able to pull it up. Um, we talked back and forth on this uh, quite a bit. And th there's some points here that I'd like to bring up. Um, in particular, there's this whole thread. So, and and I guess the the first thing I want to do is clarify a couple of particular points for some people who were disagreeing because I, I feel like they weren't like necessarily fully understanding. And again, that's on us for not like being as clear as we could have been probably. Um, because people are bringing up old jealousy was mentioned and and we we tried to say like yes we know that but the 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 idea is to go it, it, there's no like true resentment no i never had the hint that uh clive really really was um like had had like what you said true resentment towards yes. joshua it was always like no joshua's my brother like we're cool um I never got any hint of like real like yes jealousy towards towards Joshua, even though the situation prompted that. And I want to also emphasize that the suggestion was not made for um, changing the dynamic the brothers have currently, right. not to create a jealous relationship. We want to we wanted hint, we, what we were hints. pinching what we were pitching yeah. here was keeping that dynamic that relationship basically the same. Yeah. They love each other, respect each other, want what's best of each other for each other, just as much as is currently in the game. Not yeah. changing that part. But there is, and this is why I feel like it ties really well into the Jungian Shadow, because it's it's not the rational conscious part no, exactly. That is that is feeling this. Yeah. And that part is what fights against the shadow. The right. shadow is saying, you know, he took your birthright. It's not fair. He took your mother's love, all this stuff. Yeah. That's the non-rational subconscious mind. The rational conscious mind will catch those thoughts and say, that is not true. That doesn't make sense. Right. I don't think that about Joshua. Right. That's the conflict inside the I, character. I don't think that. Yes. Because it's it's separating itself from the shadow. Yes. Saying, no, I don't think that, even though the shadow is part of yes. I. He's struggling with these yeah. feelings because they're there, but he doesn't want them to be. Right. He doesn't really think that he believes that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I like, I love Joshua. Of course. I want to serve him. I want to help him bear the burden. 
I'm not upset with him at all. It's not his fault. Right. He didn't choose this. Right. All of those rational thoughts are yeah. what fight and suppress the unconscious thoughts. Emotion and passion and Yeah. yeah. Which is which is the where if you don't accept that that's a part of you, it ends up controlling you. Right. It this rules was your the life. You know, parallel that we made to addiction recovery and how yeah. if you can't admit you have a problem, it ends up controlling you. You have to first accept, right? So yeah. that's the first clarification I wanted to make. Now, to uh, go a little bit more into because we went back and forth for quite a bit. Um, this is Glass 12, who, and, and anybody who wants to go read the conversation we had back and forth, you know, uh, just go to the comments of the last video. I was responding mm. with my personal, uh, like, YouTube channel, Mike Brown, not like the Resident Arc one. But right. feel free to read the whole thing, kind of get, like, the whole context for this. But I'll just kind of summarize up to kind of the last couple things we said to each other, which is he felt that adding a sort of jealousy angle to this would make it feel cliche. This is an overused sort of dynamic between siblings. It creates right. e what he called easy drama. And I, I tried to clarify, no, 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 no. We're, we're not saying that they're going to actually have this, you know, sort of jealousy. And he's yeah. like, no, I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying that either. And, and I was like, well, what you're saying it's cliche. What stories have you, um, scene where where this is done in the way I'm describing it. So he, he listed a few. I'm going to pull those up too because um, I want to respond to that part in particular as well. So he says, Atonement, Sin, Brothers, Kamarazov, one, 100 Years of Solitude, uh, Mistborn, The Sister Brothers, The Godfather and My Sister's Keepers, the other Bolin girl, Little mm. Women, Dombey, and the Sun, almost anything by Austin, kind of goes on and on. He's like, all mm. of these things do this, right? So this is why he feels it's cliche. Um, the sibling jealousy angle can be more universal, but that is exactly what makes it cliche and overused at this point. The simple status of a sibling's relationship being two people uh, allows the insertion of this element into the story to generate easy drama. I like how guilt for Clive is presented in the game as it is attached to the role he was forced to play in this world and how he can break from it. I think this very well into the I think this works very well into the larger theme of breaking the chains that have enslaved the world for so long. The story goes from personal to the big picture and works on those levels right until the end. And the shadow is still there. Clive still has to accept it. I don't think you're really improving on anything by adding this element to the story. You're just changing it more for your liking. Um, so I'll kind of skip a little bit further here because um, I brought up, you know, the issue that I was having with with that idea is that if you're if you're going to think or if you're going to claim that this is a cliche element that we're talking about, and again, we're going to put um, time codes on this. So if you want to skip this part and just get to the yeah, game, yeah. it's it's this there. will be part of the intro, I think. <laughs> but I just think it's fascinating yeah. to talk about this. This is something that oh, I think my so. mind is working on because I want to, uh, you know, deconstruct this, think about it on a deeper level, and this right. was just part of the conversation that I actually enjoy talking about. So. If, if you think that that's a cliche element, which I don't agree with, and I'll explain why in a second, but if, if that's the case, uh, this idea of, you know, your whole sort of motivation, your entire existence is centered on this idea of 
protecting someone. I am Joshua Shield. It is my, I am duty bound yeah. to protect him. Right. That is a very cliche thing that you see in tons of particularly high fantasy That's a good point. JRPG anime stories, you know, this sort right. of genre that we're in. Um, so, you know, I brought that up. If, if, if cliche is the problem, then why is it that you think this is fine and that is not? The guilt and sub jealousy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And yeah. so his response to that was. Uh, I don't have a problem with what is presented in the game because it is tied to Clive's role in the specific context of the story. Um, meanwhile, the jealousy angle is something that can be applied in a more universal way to almost every story that contains two siblings. It is something that is way more expected to be present and to be resolved in a certain way that makes it cliche for me. Well, but that that's also makes it archetypal, given that he's saying sure. any... Anytime there's two siblings, this is going to happen. Yes. That means that's part of the human experience, like at yes. its core. And that's what he's saying about it being universal. Right. right. But but then you say it's cliche. It's like, well, wait a second. And Stories I, yeah. are meant to get at the human universals and, and explore them and not to just ignore them. Um, that's part of what makes stories deep is that the way that they treat these human universals. Yeah. And I'm going to get into a little yeah. bit more in a second the term cliche and, and like – when and when it doesn't apply in right. my, I guess, opinion. But um, to me, both elements would be equally traumatic. He goes on to say, uh, I prefer, okay. And then Clive is given the role of the Phoenix's shield and he accepts it willingly. He fails to fulfill this role. And this shadow drags him for more than a decade, a decade plus years when he cannot define himself in any other way, placing the blame on some other but, entity. Hold on though. Ifrit came out when this happened. Ifrit came out before the guild. Like, I don't, I don't, I think his premise may be faulty. He may be saying that, oh, 13 year time skip. Yes, he's very guilty. He couldn't save Joshua. That doesn't explain why he, why Ifrit came out in that moment before right. Joshua had even died. Right. There is no, the guilt isn't part of this. Yeah. So jealousy is obviously a better explainer for the for that. For why it then? Oh, I'm guilty that this person who has not yet died is dead. Yeah. Right. Right. So the shadow. And, you're saying the shadow existed before. Yeah. So it can't be guilt. Not, well, not yeah. not in the way that that I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, placing the blame on some other entity, even when he knows the truth, by accepting his shadow, Clive is able to move forward. He breaks from the role society has placed on him by pushing L three and R three. <laughs> Uh, this part in particular, he breaks from the role society has placed on him and he is able to move forward and reinvent himself as a new person with a new motivation. So sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there, I think there's, there's a, a point here that is valid. Oh, absolutely. And so I, that's why I wanted to read it because yeah, like, I, think I, so too. I read that and I was like, okay, so he's tying in to what he's saying the core sort of theme of the game is, which of is about... breaking, ch changing your fate. Changing your fate. Which is, of course, not at all cliche in any way. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Am I, am, exactly. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be rude. Okay. I think it's a good comment. That, I really that is, was my point. Okay, right? okay. But I, I think to not, like, mince words with this whole cliche thing, which was what mm. was bothering me in the conversation the whole time. Right, was, what is what is This is cliche. Yeah. And but that like, isn't. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think it is, and I I don't think even this other one is, even though I said it was, because I've been thinking about yeah. why do we why do we apply the word cliche right. and well when. like the the falling off a bridge and then catching yes. and oh I need help that's a cliche and not it's a cliche because that never happens yes right 
or at least it's it's done exactly the same way in everything it appears in. Sure. Like every time that happens, you know the dude's not going to fall. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like it's 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 copied from movie to movie to game to game to yeah. game. It's it's a thing they use, but like. It never plays out differently. It heightens suspension, but it doesn't say anything to the core human experience. So yeah. that that's a cliche. Whereas something more archetypal is 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 something. It's the reason why we tell stories yeah. to explore things like guilt and jealousy and um, fate. Yeah. Right. That's more archetypal in nature. So this goes back even to like when I first played Fantasian. I remember I was, you know, kind of going back and forth with a buddy of mine who's been following us for a long time, Heon, about mm, yeah, how I yeah. felt that the use of the um, of the amnesiac protagonist was oh, a cliche, right? Right. right. And um, the thing is, though, is that, and there was somebody else who was saying, I think this would be too on the nose what you guys are talking about. So these two terms, cliche and on the nose. Yeah. Um, to me, I think these are better applied as descriptors of execution rather than uh, as a um, descriptor of a concept or yeah. an idea. Sure. Because I if I say that. the amnesiac protagonist is a cliche or something like that, I mean, it. I guess it typically, it is because it's archetypal. Yes, because but, we don't remember our childhood and yeah. our culture doesn't remember its past yes. previous to what's been written down selectively. Right, so amnesia is a thing. We're born into a world without any memories going back, right? Yes. And that's, a, that's archetypal for sure. It, yes. It's part of the human experience. It's, it's something that you will see over and over and over again, in, especially in JRPGs. It, I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like a part of its DNA. Well, in and some talking degree. about Japan having cultural amnesia because sure. their culture has changed so quickly and they're kind of abandoning a lot of the traditions that they used to have yes and it's like they, they've forgotten a lot of that old stuff you know yes. every culture does that but i feel like japan it's been really rapid so they're dealing with this amnesia thing and it permeates the the zeitgeist in japan i think yeah so in in the in the sense that it is archetypal yes it is a cliche but when when we're applying the word cliche, particularly like in, in this sense, case, and in, right. in a, as a as a criticism, as a criticism, usually what that means is, oh, I I know exactly how this is going to go. I've seen this a million times. This yeah. is a mm. copy. This is just lifted from every other thing I've seen. Kind of like we're talking about. We know the guy's not going to fall when the bridge collapses, right? Like right. we've seen this play out a billion times. So, but I would not describe. Not to spoil Xenogears necessarily. I guess it's right at the beginning. It's an amnesiac oh, it's really protagonist. Oh, sure, yeah. But you the way that, that they play on the archetype is actually very novel. It's very creative. It's You're right. It's really different. And that's all about execution. Yes. That has a lot less to do yes. with the fact. So somebody could explain to you a story. Oh, he forgot his past, and then he's got to go figure it out. And, oh, and then he remembers. And you would yes. tell me, like, I've heard that story a million times. Yes. But it depends on how it's done yes. as to whether or not you become interested in the story itself. Exactly. That's very good. I like that. I like that so distinction. I would never describe the way that amnesia is used for... Faye in Xenogears as a as that's cliche. As cliche. I sure. wouldn't say that. Right, right, right. Although it is a cliche. It sure. is an archetype. In a way. Yeah. And yeah. there are other games that use it. I would even say 
possibly the way Final Fantasy VII sort of plays on that concept mm. is really unique. It's, right. it's, it's done differently. It is executed in a way that makes it feel kind of fresh and novel. Yeah, right? yeah. So even though it is an archetype and it is a cliche, it doesn't feel cliche. Yeah. So tropey. So uh, this kind of goes back to what Hian and I have been talking about. And anyways, it's been a long time since I thought about this, but this kind of came up uh, as I was thinking about it, talking about it with, um, sorry, I forgot the name. It was uh, Glass 12. Um, I don't think it's fair to call something on the nose or cliche until you've seen the way it is executed because mm -hmm. there are ways to make that novel. I right. believe the way that we are describing this sibling jealousy would be in particular to the genre we're talking about. High fantasy, anime, JRPGs would be pretty different from what you yeah. typically see. Now, I have not read or seen everything he listed, so I can't speak to them all, going back to his list of things that do this. But I have mm. read Mistborn. Okay. And it is not what we're I've describing yeah. in that. Well, it's different in Karamazov as so, well. So, <laughs> I, I, unless I'm not aware of who Glass is referring to, because mm. if we're talking about Vin, the in main character, she had a horrible relationship with her brother. Her brother was abusive, mm. but the reason he did that was to try to make her tough so she could survive in this harsh world. Sure. So he did it out of love, but their relationship was bad. Like, he, he, was, he took it way too far. Mm. Now, if you're talking about Kelsier and his brother... Even from what I remember about them, they don't necessarily have this like genuine, genuine, deep, like loving relationship. It, it, the jealousy is a lot more on the face. It's a yeah. lot more like I think they had. I think they had loved the same woman or something like that. Sounds about and right. So, they, so you know, th that's yeah. not what we're describing. No, it's not. But it is something that anyone with a sibling has yeah, experienced. Like jealousy right? is such a human universal. I wouldn't say that you should avoid putting it in your. Yeah. In your stories. Yeah. Um, as far as some of these others, like The Godfather, I'm, I'm still not really sure, because I've seen all The Godfather They're movies. They're all kind of all of talking them. About, I'm, I'm guessing he's talking about Michael Cor yeah. Cor uh, Corleone. Corleone. And I don't know if it's Sonny, or I'm not sure who he's thinking. But I, I, as far as I remember from those movies, which I mean, it's been years, but I've seen them. No. These are not examples that describe what we're talking about yeah. as far as what the relationship dynamic would be. Right. So I don't think, and, and again, I haven't seen Atonement. You, you said you've read Brothers, yeah, Brothers Kamarazov. Kamarazov. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same thing mm -hmm. as what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm, what we're saying is these scenes between Joshua and Clive would basically play out exactly the same way as they do in the game right I now. I think you just need to add one... <laughs> phrase and two extra shots yeah and that's all and to, to, to hint just hint at it just in the subtext oh man him him seeing um like joshua and annabella interacting in a a more loving way where where joshua shows love to annabella as well we're in a more reciprocal way yes and then just the camera lingers on his eyes for one second too long yes and then that's it yeah that's it and you've done it you have planted the seed of this guy, there's something in this guy's psyche that he isn't even aware of yes. that he's feeling that is conflicting him and stirring yeah. him up on the inside and he's suppressing it. To be on the nose would be to have him 
explain in this overly yeah, expository paragraphs. way oh, this deep. I don't want to be jealous, jealous. but I, a soliloquy <laughs> that would Jill, be on the nose. To Jill, that would be on the nose. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> yes, and, and we're not even really talking about changing much of what's there. No, it's just no, no, planting no, no. a seed that would make the acceptance of the shadow, which is more about accepting. The, the, the desires you have that are taboo, that are yes. wrong, that are the, shameful. The desire right? to um, kill his brother while his brother was still alive, before guilt was a part of this. Right. Now, he'd feel guilty because he felt the jealousy. Yes. Th- then he feels guilty, and the guilt is what uh, motivates his conscious mind to suppress the thought, right? So guilt, I'm yeah. not saying guilt's not a part of it, um, but the shadow came out before, before Joshua had died. Um, then the acceptance would, it, there's guilt, obviously a part of it. Um, but accepting that that's where, that's where Ifrit, that's where the shadow came from. Yes. That's where this monster, this demon God that's been lurking in his body this whole time. Um, that's where it came from. Um, I feel like was more his internal conflict while Joshua was still alive. Yes. Okay. So that's hopefully clarified what we kind of meant with that. Yes. Now um, to, to glass 12's point though, um, if, if he, if, you know, we have been clear enough to say we aren't at, I don't think it was done that poorly. No. I just think it needed one extra shot and one extra phrase early on yeah. to, to give us just the slightest hint of foreshadowing on this. Um, and it would have helped uh, make it a little bit more powerful. If we're talking about having maximum impact with the motif of the Jungian shadow. Yes, and, exactly. And what, the, what shadow work is about. Right. Which as far as I understand it, is about accepting not just, oh, I wasn't strong enough to protect someone or right. this, I wasn't, yeah, this, this accident happened no, and yeah, I wasn't, that's not, I, that's not what Jung's shadow is about. <laughs> no, Jung's shadow is, you. I genuinely crave something that is shameful mm-hmm. yep. and I don't want to believe I am that kind of person. Yeah. And so I refuse So it. I pretend that I'm not. I wear yes. a persona that says I'm not. Yes. Even though you, if you, you can know full well that you are. Yes. Now, if what we're saying here, going back to his idea about the, you know, the theme of the game and how that plays into that and and breaking the chains and the the roles that are placed on us, um, I think we could just take the whole shadow out of the scene and then he's just facing Ifrit and just trying to gain control and get over his fear. Yeah. Uh, of Gosh, maybe that'd be better. Strong enough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like or something like that, sure, and, something and just more take external. the the take the the Union Shadow out of it entirely. Yeah, yeah. Or, and this is my other thought too, is I'm not sure that I completely agree. I mean, I I do know what you're saying, and I, and I know why you've come to that conclusion. But right, I do too. The story is about the. He says he breaks from the role society has placed on him. He's able to move forward and reinvent himself as a new person with new motivation. Well, he did, no, he did break from the role society put on him because he was supposed to be Joshua's shield. Yes, <laughs> and he freaking killed him. So he right. broke. He broke from his he, role. Yes, um, that's that's true. From the beginning, he broke from his role. Um, in a yeah. Uh, let's see. The, an there, ironic there's way. there's an, another part specifically. I wanted to say this. Anyway, maybe I'm maybe I'm missing exactly where it was, but. He's saying, he's saying the story is about breaking from the roles that are placed on us. Yeah, fate. Now, more broadly. I, I can see that, but I, I think to narrow that down even more, I think it's what it's really more about is not him breaking from his role. I know that he refuses to take 
like Rosaria back, right? Because I think um, Uncle Byron, in what we're going to talk about, possibly next episode, Uncle Byron mentions that, um, uh, oh, you, you know, you should go back and it's, it's, this throne is yours. Like, by right, you should go back and I'll help you, like, get, get your duchy back. Mm-hmm. And, and Clive's like, no, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm not fighting yeah. to rule. I'm right. fighting to take my father's ideals that he started about bearers to all of the twins. To the twins, yeah, yeah. So I see what you're saying on that side of things. However, yeah. again, not to necessarily spoil too much for later. We already know Joshua's alive at this point. Yeah, yeah. He's very, very ready in a scene coming up later in the game to, to be Joshua's shield again. He's mm-hmm. like he's like fully on board with I he, I think he says the line I am a shield of Rosaria. He'll don and that mantle, so right? I, back, I don't yeah. think he feels that his role was something he needed to break away from right. or that was a bad thing. And so mm-hmm. this is the part of your thesis here that I'm not fully agreeing with that that's the theme. The mm-hmm. theme is not him breaking out of his role as the shield of Joshua. The theme is about the way that we have treated these bearers is wrong and I'm going to make every person in this world equal and have a chance to live and die on their own terms. Yeah. That's what he's fighting for. Yeah, not to good. break free from his role. So I don't think that that applies to what his sh- what facing his shadow was about. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah, and so. and that's why I think again if we're going to use the union shadow and if I kept using the words maximize the impact and he didn't understand why this would maximize it. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Those are the reasons why. Because that's what shadow work is really about. It's it's not yeah. about I wasn't strong enough. It's about it's shameful, the person that I am. I don't want to accept that. Right. Not not shameful that I wasn't strong enough. Shameful that I yeah. desire something that society that's says so is evil. horrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Agree. Um, also, this gives me another thought that as he has conquered his own shadow, his sights then turn on the greater society as a whole. Yes. This is the proper way to do things, by the way. Work on yourself first. Yes. Then look at society. Yes. Where Because the microcosm, macrocosm thing, it, it's always in effect. If you have a shadow, then the city has a shadow. The nation has a shadow. Yeah. Your humanity has a collective shadow. Yes. Right? And he's looking at and now he can see clearly and he's looking out at um, the way the bearers are treated, for example, yeah. the way that they're being uh, this, like like that woman saying, oh, that's not my real child. That That's her suppressing the truth, yes. right? Yes. And it's like, no, there's a truth here mm. that those are humans too. You're and suppressing that is it, your child. And you're suppressing it because yeah. you, don't, you would feel like a monster for treating a human that way. Yes. And you feel that you have to treat them that way because you rely on the ether. Yes. So you have no choice but to treat them that way. Yes. But he's saying that what in order to justify doing that, the guilt, right, you suppress that shadow, which is a monstrous thing, right? Yes. The, the way they're treating bears. The society as a whole is suppressing that. And Clive is saying, I'm going to make them face it. Yes. The way I face my shadow. Yes. That's powerful because yes. it's multiple levels. It scales, right? Yes. He had it for himself and now he's seen this is how you fix things. Yes. Whatever he was doing before or the revenge the or revenge, even even yeah. as the leader being like, well, let's be nice, but still going to keep slaves and all that. Yeah. Now he's finally sees for what it is that like, no, you've got to look inward that society itself needs to introspect and that won't happen without a catalyst. Yes. I, I, th- I think it's a great, great. That, that's perfect yeah. way to like put a punctuation <laughs> on this. It's going from the personal, like he was even saying, facing the personal shadow to facing the societal Collective shadow. Yeah. 
which the societal shadow is is not about roles as much as it is about we are treating these people as subhumans. Yes. And we don't want to accept we're doing that. Yep. That, we don't yeah. want to believe we are doing that because they are. We we convinced ourselves it's so of a lie. We suppressed that yeah. truth. Yeah. That's I think a brilliant way to put it. Okay. Okay. Um. Just to look at one more, and then we'll move on here. This one is from Maz Pina eight five six four. Kaysen mentions the idea of stealing mm-hmm. fire from the gods. And relating that to Clive, well, the lyrics of the song that plays when Clive and Joshua fight in the opening of the game mention Prometheus. Um, oh, so, and Epimetheus. Yeah, so oh, here's the, nice. the, 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 the lyrics here. Oh, Prometheus, Epimetheus, hollows out your broken name. Ah. Um, oh, Prometheus, Epimetheus, clamors for your stolen flame. So you were kind of <laughs> right cool. on the money with that, right? I was, I think so. But but the moon, man, I'm telling you, the moon, they don't have the true flame. Yes. They don't have it directly from the sun. They have the flame via a mediator that is merely a reflection of the true flame. And they're getting it from the moon, not the sun. But either way, uh, it's, yeah. it's still it still works. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know. Th- ponder that, everybody. Ponder that. Okay. So thank you, everybody, for the discussions. Um, yes. Again, uh, this is why I love doing this. Is because I do too. That it was, expands yeah. my own thinking on things in ways that wouldn't if I weren't being challenged by right the audience. So and then we can either yeah. sharpen our perspective or or potentially even change, change our minds. Yeah. yeah right. Because it's like, oh, that's a good point. And he's right about guilt. I just think that the guilt isn't the the primary factor i think guilt is the emotion he feels because he's suppressing his shadow right but either way okay so five-year time skip all Um, right we are hiding there there was way too many things i wanted to see that they skipped in the five-year time i can't believe i hope that somehow (laughs) we can still see it but it's just like it happened right i okay have you okay (laughs) you remember you've seen the south park Yes. Right. Remember when the PSP God invented the PSP, and then there's a big battle, and the <laughs> angels Michael from heaven, Uriel, whoever it was, is looking down, and he's like, "This battle is epic! Oh man, this is like ten times bigger than the battle at Lord of the Rings." But they're not showing it to you. Yes, you're just seeing the You're people just seeing comment the about it, about right? it yeah. and then you just see the aftermath of it later. Yes. It's like, dude, some stuff happened in the last five years. Yes, and uh, the fade to black, um, the way that this game, you know, is. Uh, utilizes the fade to black yeah. uh, in order to just kind of compress time. Um, yeah, you get a little bit uh, upset at the way they do it sometimes because you wanted to see a lot of that stuff. So this game was originally going to be shipped on two discs. And oh, they, really? they they cut it down in order mm. to get it onto one. And then they just DLC like 20 I, gigs. I don't know if something like this was a result of, oh, we got to cut some stuff. I'm not saying scenes were cut. I'm just saying that uh, there was a consideration in development that yes. they decided we're not going to do multiple discs. We're right. going to do one disc. So we got to com- obviously compress. we're going to have to compress and cut some things. Yeah, yeah. And I do get this. I do feel that way a little bit. Me too. About yeah, me this too. game, I feel like that there's some parts that could use 
elaboration or a few more scenes or even just one scene or just something to bridge this to this a little bit. You know better. what? I know. I know what they should do. They should make a movie, a fully animated movie called uh, Phoenix Glaive. And <laughs> it, it'll tell us what happened in that five year. Then, you then know. I know they wanted to avoid that <laughs> because people complained about that with the 15. Right. And, and again, it's not like, again, I'm not saying this is like horrible. It's just there's a lot of questions in my mind. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of like the entire hideaway being destroyed, mm. like, you know, and, and there is some of this that's filled in with some cutscene or not cutscenes, side quests that are coming up that I thought were really good where you can go out with Otto and you can go out oh. with Tarya and like talk to them more and they sort of fill in why they accepted Clive as sort of the you know, taking the mantle of Sid and things yeah. like this. Oh, right, which um, we should say. Right. Uh, Clive he, is now Sid. <laughs> he is now Sid. It's like Sid is a title that he yeah. has taken on. He's basically taken his place as the leader of this resistance group hideaway, yeah. right? He also seems to have less of a tattoo on his face now. Well, it's it's been removed. Uh, but yeah. not totally, though. I it's, feel it, like... It's a scar. Yeah, there's a scar there It's now. a bad scar. And yeah. I have a couple and of thoughts hair, on his this. his hair is kind of covering it a little bit. Yeah, and, and there are other people, like Taria and others, who also yeah. have had... Because she's the surgeon she's who, removes the one who removes the them, yeah. tattoos. So I guess she did it to herself. Ooh. Or, or there's actually crazy. a side quest where there's another guy, yeah. and he's all nervous because he's oh, going right, to be... Right doing it and he's like but the what they reveal is that if you puncture the ink because it actually releases a poison poison it's yeah. is it dragon or what is it it's some kind of toxin yeah right so and they don't so, touch it like the the you person would die if with, you if yeah. you, you have to be very skilled to yeah. be able to do this and because you can't make them bleed at all yeah the result is a scar that yeah. to me makes it, it looks- obvious <laughs> that you're still branded anyway <laughs> i know like it's like, hey, you have a huge X-shaped scar where, where an X-shaped tattoo I, I don't used think to it, be. So, like, it's funny to me that people would say treat Clive differently now as if, yeah. oh, you're not branded, when it's, like, clearly obvious that he was. It's, like, in the exact shape. Um, you know what he should have done is he should have given himself an equal scar on the other side as well. He should have just loaded his face with scars. Yeah, then, that, then, that, that's actually a good point. Then nobody would question would, would, it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Tough Ham is saying wyvern tail poison, which there it was. So it was from a dragon. is yeah. the symbol of Sambrek. Of course. So, yeah, yeah the, 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 wyvern. the wyvern tail is the flower that Ooh. the emperor is always holding and stuff like that. You know so. that Clive himself was codenamed wyvern when he worked for Sambrek, yes. right? Yes, That uh Maybe Clive is the, was the poison. <laughs> he was the poison that was in Sembrek, and then they they pierced it, and now he's off to to destroy them. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there there were a lot of questions I had. There was a lot of things that I would have liked to have seen to sort of bridge this gap. Who? Uh, how? How did they end up accepting him as Sid? I mean, there's a lot of people. I guess a lot of people were slaughtered at the old hideaway, but right, many Titan, of them escaped. Yeah, punched everyone to death. Um, <laughs> like, Karen's still there. Gav is there. Gav is Otto. there. Otto is there. The blacksmith is people, there. Uh, the Tomes guy yeah, is there. Yeah, what was he? He has a cool name. Um, it's, it's like a Greek it's name. Harp, Harp, Harpocrates. Harpocrates. That's it. That's yeah, it yeah, that's a yeah. good name. Um, there's still a lot of people who survived and escaped. And so, like, you know, it, anyway... I, I just, there's some stuff I, I think would have been nice to have seen to kind of bridge this gap, but they do a time skip and it's just what it is. Um, so there's a little girl trying to sell them potions. 
And oh, right. she comes up later a couple more times. So now I'm starting to think in that Sembrek, she's, yeah, no, she's important. Like, yes, you don't just have some random girl. Because they show her face pretty closely <laughs> each time. Because everyone's yeah. like, we don't want to buy your stuff. And then and then you see her face. And, yeah. yeah, it's like you don't just pick some random girl and show her selling potions several times in several different locations. I mean, she's in yeah. Del, Del, uh, Del, well, Del Mikia. where they are now. And then she's in Sam Breck, yeah, yeah. or near the twins, or near the crystalline dominion i guess She's wherever they're like battling the dragoons the dragoon yeah. camp near the ark or right. whatever yeah 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 so there's something to this girl like she's not just some random person she's she looks, important somehow yeah she looks like a, a small jill yeah uh so they they end up meeting up with an informant who tells them that there are bearers being held in an old courthouse near the edge of town it's a, it's a lure to to kind of bring Clive in and trap him and try right. to kill him. No. Kupka's private guards have set this up. Um, and so he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go there and save them. And the guy tries to be like, no, you're not. Like, that's exactly what he wants you to do. A couple times this is going to happen here where Clive just does exactly what, <laughs> even though they know it's a trap. I know. They tell him. They say, whoa, that sounds like a trap. Clive's like, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> like, no, wait. Or there's that line yeah. from Gandalf. It's undoubtedly a trap. Uh, so, anyway, Kupka isn't there, but this is, these are just a group of his soldiers who are trying to, like, bait Clive out. Yeah. So he goes there, fights him off. They have a curl, which is like a classic Final Fantasy monster, sort of like a... It's got the weird antennas, like the... Yes, the electric yeah. energy, but it's sort of like a, a, you know, like a big cat. Yeah, it's pretty uh, powerful, though. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> what I loved about this scene was that the bearers are not in any way happy to have been saved by them. Yeah, they, that was crazy. They're like, why do you keep doing this? Like, I know, this they're is taking just us <laughs> prisoner because they have they hear that someone's going around saving bearers, so now they're treating us worse. And, and what do you think is going to happen now that you've, like, fought them off? What, yeah. What's going to happen to us? They're right. going to punish us for it. Right. Our lives are going to be made worse. We're going to suffer because yeah. of what you're doing. And yep. Jill tries to be like, we've for five years been trying to fight to like make a better world and give you guys more equality. Like, isn't that what you want? Like, no, we want you to stop. Like, right. it's getting worse. After five years, that is pretty big. That's a pretty big, um, what would you call it? Like a, a scar on Clive's goal, on Sid's goal. We'll put yeah. it that way. That um, after five years, it's like, you still haven't made much progress towards getting, you know, helping the, you know, free the bearers, right? Right. And they don't even want to be free. Like, it's starting to have the opposite effect. Yeah. I really, really like this because it was, one, foreshadowed by Sid. He said, keep in mind, yeah. like, was right before they went to destroy the heart right of the at, Mother right Crystal, before, yeah. after fighting the dragon, Yeah, he was like, it's going to get worse for our kind before it gets better. Yep. Anybody who can bear magic is going to become even more Persecuted. relied upon because they... Yeah. Because there's less crystals now. Yes. And so the bearers being able to do magic without crystals, it's a more burden for them. They yes. have to do more magic now. Yes. So I don't know how much they're going to lean into this and incorporate it into the theme of the game. But I love it as a concept, mm. um, as a way to add nuance and just like a lot of you have to really be committed to something uh, to, uh, committed to your advocacy of these bearers to your commitment yeah. to free them if for the short term and by short term I mean still years of time 
five years. Yeah. Their lives are going to be way worse than they were before. And each new mother crystal you destroy, their lives are going to keep getting worse. Yes. And worse. Until yes. until they're all gone. And, and that's when humanity can finally look at the bearers and say, oh, you're just people. Yes. <laughs> and that's when that's when they'll have to confront what they've done, right? Yes. But until, as long as magic is still there, the humans, they can keep suppressing that shadow. I mean, you're already going to have to be battling against nations and forces that have way more resources and mm. money and soldiers and yeah. everything than you. Yeah. So you're already fighting this uphill battle that is nearly impossible to begin with. But now the people you're yeah. trying to help are trying, they scorn you. They're, they're trying to get you to That's stop. That's a hard one. That's a I mean, hard one. what does that do for morale, oh, particularly horribly. after yeah. years of it, right? right. Like, the this resistance is, this camp is, got discovered. They all got, like, killed and pummeled. And now the people they're helping aren't even accepting the help. Yes. Like, for everyone in the resistance camp, that's got to be horribly demoralizing. This is the cost, right, of trying to overthrow the system. Right. And yeah. are you really committed to it? You know what? This I just are you really came to my mind. Are, are you just <sighs> paying lip service to it as a person out there who, uh, you know, you, you, you uh, are, you know, engaged in advocacy or, or in uh, some kind of movement or something like that, right? Really think about it. Like, really, really think about it. If this really began, you began to make headway, mm. and, and the powers up here saw you as a threat and they start bearing down even more and Which the they people would, you're trying to they're help threatened. yes are even their lives get even worse than before yeah are you still willing to go all the way even watching them suffer worse die more you 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 it you have to be really really sure you that do. what you're doing is right yes and I love that element in here because that's and exactly no, what would happen. Yes, it is. And it's not just that you have to be sure, it's that you have to actually be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> because it's easy to make the slavery comparison, right? Yes. And how that all went. Okay, fair enough. A lot of people, Civil War to this day, the most bloody yeah. war America has oh, ever. Oh, great point. It costs so The cost many lives. was enormous. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, hey, the slaves are free now, but a lot of people were just like, my gosh, life, yes. life is ruined. Um, but then you have like, the Iraq War. Now we brought this up in the near thing. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it at length. Yeah, right. But being convinced that you're right and you're helping people who don't want your help, some sometimes you're wrong. Yes, <laughs> sometimes you're wrong. And I guess uh, five years. Um, I guess it for Iraq it took more like fifteen or more years. Yes, b before realizing that this isn't. This isn't. We're not helping. We're not. And sorry yeah. for killing like a million of you. Um, but we realize, we just realized we actually can't help you, <laughs> um, and it's not going to happen. Um, so, anyways, there are there's it, you see it both ways, and the, so the question with Clive is like really, really figure this out. Are you actually like objectively yes. correct in this or yes. not? Right. And I mean, of course he is. This of is course. this is an easy answer for us today, like we talked about last I know, time, I know. right? <laughs> but. But, that's, th that's but then even th still, we go and invade countries like Iraq with like 98% support, or from Congress at least. Yes. And then it turns out like, wait, we were so sure of ourselves. We were so sure that we were going to like help. And yeah, it was actually a disaster. And it and we didn't, right? So it's just, that's, that is the cost. That is the cost of yeah. fighting Millions a of power lives. like this, a system that yeah. has been installed for as long as it has. Right. Is... 
you're going to have to bear the weight of that. You're going to have to bear the weight of the fact that you're not going to be treated like a hero. You're probably not even going to win. <laughs> most yeah. likely uh it's it's going to be maybe generations after that's you or true whatever. you may just be planting the seeds the right. harvesting won't come for for generations right that's what spike that's a quote from cowboy bebop you're gonna you're gonna carry that weight right right but you have to somebody has to and how committed are you really is it yeah. is it that you're in it because it's the right thing to do mm. and no matter how you're viewed in history or you know uh how the people you care about might suffer you're going to do it anyways yeah. or is is it is it that you're in it because you think that this paints you as being a virtuous person and I'm on the right side of the debate or the argument right, or right. whatever because that's not going to be enough to get you through this no point, yeah absolutely right absolutely so it it takes some real dedication introspection and and really doing it for the correct reasons and I, I loved that they threw that into here because that's, I mean, Clyde, I mean, Jill's response is to kind of get a little bit angry. Like, we're trying to help. Right. And Isn't his response obvious? is like, yeah. his response is, it's fine because I, their praise is not why I'm doing this. He's made up his mind. Yeah. Already. It's yeah. like, this yeah. is not the point. Right. They're, they're going to hate us. They're going to suffer more. And Sid told us this would happen and we're doing it anyway because right. it's the right thing. And I know that I'm doing right. the right thing. I loved that. Trust in the, in the wisdom of Rama. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, so they get back to the hideaway here. They're not, they're now inside of a new hideaway. It's a fallen, one of the fallen airships, kind of out in the middle of this blighted lake. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool because like the lake itself is, I guess you would call it, not a kashik, but it's it's blighted. So like right. you can't drink it. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, and it even it, like corrodes metals and things like mm, that. So the yeah. only reason they're able to be there is because this material that the fallen built their yes. Once structures again. out of yep. can resist that. Yeah. Like acidic water, right? And then Mid Sid's daughter had built like a filtration system that oh, allows yeah. them to purify the water to be able nice. to drink it. And so it's it's a good place for a hideout because. They're in again in a blighted land. No one's gonna be around. There's no neighbors, but also they're in the middle of a freaking lake that any other type of ship tries to come out, it'll probably just sink yeah. anyways. Gosh, but <laughs> this is so funny because now I'm thinking that uh, the the fallen civilization, right, that yeah. blotted out the stars, it it fell into a lake of sulfur. How yeah, right. <laughs> into a poisonous lake. <laughs> that is just. Uh, Archetypal, we'll put it that way. Yeah, so I, I put here that Clive's brand has been surgically removed by Tari at this point. Um, Gav sends a letter saying that the Republican army is on the march. Mm. Um, Clive still is struggling with controlling Ifrit, like actually priming it on command. Um, he, he's talking to Jill about this, like, oh, why can't I do it? You know, like, and, and she's kind of had the bear, the burden, it seems, yeah. over the years that he, because he can't. Yeah. call it when he wants it. You know what, though? I, I have mixed feelings about this. Now, having played a little bit further, it's not as bad as I thought. But when we first encountered this, I was like, wait, didn't we just go through that? Right. Didn't that? Ju didn't you just confront your shadow and now you have and now you can use Ifrit and now you... Right. And fast forward five years and it's like, oh, not really. No. Um, you can't. He can't. He just can't do it, right? And yeah. either there's a new problem or it's still the same problem. 
Um, and I, I can't really tell at this well, point which one. I will say this. Acceptance of the shadow is a lifelong thing. It's not True. like a, good point. you do it. It's not like pressing L3 and, and R3. Like, <laughs> and it's done. It's like, I did it. I'm, 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 yeah, I integrated, my integrated and I'm yeah, good yeah. to go now. I mean, like you're right. You're every so right. day of your life, you're going to continue to confront that. I like that. That's um, a good, uh, re- so rebuttal. I like he's going to, he's slowly gaining more control. Of yeah. Him, right. But he, it's still he, kind it's of, it's no longer to going to control him like good. he did before. That's right. But he still doesn't have mastery over it. Just good. I love that. I love how yeah. you were able to, to work that out. That's good. So they discuss the fact that Joshua is alive. Uh, Clive still has that phoenix feather that was sort of left in his hand, like as he was like passing out. Yeah. Back, uh, Whenever he's around Joshua, he he just like finds these feathers just like around. Oh, I think they just kind of like they just kind of show Joshua up. is like essentially giving it to him. Well, there, like it, it's like Joshua oh, is like possible. giving him a phoenix feather, uh-huh. and, and there's a part of me that feels like it's almost like what a phoenix down is in traditional oh, Final Fantasy. Oh, interesting. It's, it's like, like a heel in a moment where. Uh, He's on the brink of death or in some situation, it sort of like brings him back. Oh, that's interesting. Right? It, uh, it happens a little bit later yes, after the Titan fight when Ultima is like uh, trying to like yes, grab him right. and he's like, no, resist. And then he comes back and he's got the Phoenix feather in his yeah. hand again. It's almost like that's it's being cool. used like a Phoenix That's down. really cool. Yeah. I actually really like that. That's cool. Yeah. So he's still got that feather, which is, I, I believe, what like helped him revive in that moment when uh, back five years ago. Um, so they're um, discussing this. Do you have yeah. a note? Well, just my note says that Clive found a new hideaway that looks like a sweet airship in water. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, having played many hours past this, um, I, I am, I am still waiting for the airship <laughs> to become a reality, but they keep hinting. They keep dragging me along. Yeah. I'm waiting. Um, we cut away from this scene to a scene with Joshua. He's in the Northern territories, all the land that's blighted up there. Um, with Yote, I think, is the name of his companion, the girl that goes with him. Oh, the girl, yeah. Uh, he says that the North is totally lost. It's only a matter of time before the twins, both continents are yeah. no more. Um, so, you know, kind of talking. Whatever he's doing, it, it's, it seems he's not making much headway in, in terms of, like, figuring out the blight or some way to reverse it or whatever he's doing. Yeah, whatever he's doing. And it's difficult to know what he's doing. That's yes. part of the mystery here. It's like, what is Joshua doing and why can he and Clive just not, like, work together? Right. There's something something he's doing that he needs to do. Right. Like, on his own. Um, now, we have, if you're already at the Joshua thing. Do you have some stuff before that? I have quite a few notes, but Kay. I'm just going to get through them real quick. Um, none of them are too, um, too big, but this one is... Okay, Vivian Ninetales. Vivian. Yes, the the new um, <laughs> the person who gives you lessons on the, the, the state of the realm. Yes, now, right. She looks pissed all the time. I don't <laughs> like talking to her. Okay, um, that's my note on that. <laughs> the Empire. Oh, but other than Vivian is the name of the Lady of the Lake, which was the King Arthur story. Ah, right? uh, so yes. She is something like that. Anyway, the names. I, I'm not really reading much of the names ever since the first episode because. They don't seem to be all that relevant. And that's yeah. Final Fantasy for you. They named the summons names and enemies or named things that are like not not, not what, they what they were in mythology. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that was interesting because they are in a, in a lake at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then the Empire, after we killed their crystal in Drake's head, invaded the nation to the south. This is what we learned from Vivian. Uh, they are in the center of the world, Vivian says. Yes. Which is the perfect place to stage an army. Whoever controls the center of the world controls the world. And that was the fight for Jerusalem in the Middle Ages. Right. Jerusalem was the center of the world. Well, Rome was kind of 
Yeah, like they they kind of branched out from like central. They did, but they always knew that they were outside of Jerusalem. The goal was always Jerusalem's the real center of Rome. Right. But Rome is, you know. Well, the city Rome, I just mean like the the, the the empire, the Roman empire. That's why they conquered. Yeah. Jerusalem. They needed you need you you need to control that city if it's the center of the world, right? Because yeah. that's mm-hmm. where you rule from the center. You don't rule from the edge, yeah. right? You rule from the center, and that's where the true the true king would be. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's uh, that's good stuff there. Um, and then there's some twins that Harpocrates is talking about. He tells them they're no better yes. than Mughals, right? Or no, he tells them there's no such thing as Mughals. No such thing. That yeah. was hysterical. I love that because the Mughals are right there, unless it's like a figment <laughs> I of think, Clive's I think imagination. I think he's being um, facetious about it. I think so too. Whatever, but, but but these are young twins, right? Now, yeah, the, now the, the continents um, are called oh, the, twins, yeah, right. right? And when he, when he talks about these twins, he's like, yeah, they watched their parents die. They're here, but they're not doing well. Mm. But every now and then, we we see them smile, and and it's really cool, right? It's it's valuable. He says they don't smile as often as ch- young children ought to. Um, I feel like there's going to be, or there already is, something of an allegory between the twin continents themselves, and, kids. and then these twins mm. who are blighted from the scars of the past and scarcely see happiness anymore uh, but they oh. enjoy it when they do see it who um, also but I feel like we're gonna see more of did that. not grow up in the society that claimed that bearers were subhuman ah. and saw them differently okay they grow up in a this society which everyone's equal and like they're never gonna like have had That's that awesome. influence on them because that would be the natural state of the twin continents right is is not to have the bearers but then the part of the blight is the fact that people don't see bears well and yeah. so the twins are blighted because that's not their nature yes. right the twin continents are blighted because it's not their nature and then you know we see kind of a mirror here with the twins who uh, arise from that good nature but there's a sickness afflicting them right yeah and they um well i think that's about it so yeah that's good stuff. Then um, Clive's brand is gone. We already talked about that. Yep. Um, Jill says the crystals take more than they give. In exchange for momentary comfort, we must endure a lifetime of pain. Mm. And that is that's a truth of the universe. I think that's yep. pretty good. That you want you what you, when you want it now, you want it now. But that has long term consequences, right? Yep. The hedonistic, yep. the fast food drive through culture. Yep. Right. Okay, and then we've got um, Jill saying, we are only here because Joshua gave us a second chance. Yep. That's a, I feel like that's a deep sentence. Yeah, I think that that's uh, what that feather was. Right, right, right. That he gave them the feather, they were able to get out of there because of that. Gave them a second chance. Okay, um, then they drink. This is the the part where they drink wine. I alluded to it in the last episode. But they drink together. And yes. Clive, part of it, they, the to a world without the mother crystals, yep, right? right? And they, they drink their, their wine, right? So now they share the same goal. There's no question about it now. There's no, you know, nobody's like refusing to drink with them. There is no, and we, we learned before, Clive isn't much of a drinker, right? right? But Oh, that's right. But yeah. when he shows up and he's part of the group and, and they're sharing the same goal and then they have a, um, they have a, an emblem that they all kind of share in the drinking of, he's, he's absolutely fine with doing it. It's almost part of being a leader to like, you know, to that everyone has to drink and eat the same stuff. Otherwise you're not, you know, together. Right. Right. So he ends up overcoming that so that he can just kind of adhere to the group. And now 
I'm at the part where you were talking about. Yeah, so we've got uh, Otto coming in, sort of interrupting them. Yeah. He comes to let them know that Martha uh, from Martha's Rest has gone missing. Yeah. The the woman who was sort of helping the bearers in, in the uh, church Rosaria. And stuff, yeah. yeah, in working with the abbot to do that. This is not like her, you know, like we need to go check this out. So Clive and Jill go to investigate uh, to reveal that Martha was taken toward the abbey so they know the soldiers who are doing what they call this culling. Right? Culling, yeah. Uh, where they separate the bearers and execute them and Once you know, again, persecute them. Once again, when right? there's less mother crystals, the bearers become more important, not yeah. less. But their society is is really sick. It's it's about right? it's once this you is dehumanize more about people, it's really sort of difficult. setting sending a message about Okay. You know, this is not going to change. Ah, okay, okay. And these particular no, bearers are useless anyways as magic You're right, because they're going to the abbey. They're right. going to the church yeah. where those bearers were. Um, so that's a good point. Yeah. I'm actually thinking this is, don't you know? Don't get upset about this <laughs> analogy here. It's like getting a haircut, yeah. right? You, If you want your hair to be long, you don't just not cut it for five years, yeah, you right? You have to trim up trim the, the split ends, and there yeah. are times where you have to cull your hair to bring it right. back in, even though you're going for a long hair. You can't. It's not. It's like the stock market. It doesn't just go up like it goes up and down and up and down and up and down, but right. the general trend is upwards, yeah. right? And you have to maintain that. That's almost like a natural order. You can't just have growth like that. You right. have to cull it every now and then. Um, and, and that's emperor, essentially what they're doing. That's what they're doing. But when yes. you're doing it with people, ugh. it's yeah. But they up. don't think they're people. They, so. Exactly. They're they're treating it like a haircut. Yeah, like it's Not a haircut. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why are like you guys that? so upset? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and the anyway, black shields are there, right? Yeah, the black shields. These are knights of Rosaria. Yes. Um, so they're the, kind of like the secret police of right. Annabella. The uh, Annabella now, but like in Clive's time when he was there, you know, they, these were yeah. sort of sworn protectors of the realm and of all the people of the right, realm. Right, that's true. And so he's disgusted by the fact that they're doing yeah. this because the, the, those words that you're speaking, we swear on our swords, I think they say. That's right, um, that's right. It's like, how dare you even utter that? To dwell in darkness that we may purge the night and welcome lasting dawn. On these our swords swear. Yeah. That has some parallel. Um, yeah, they dwell in the shadow to vanquish it, they say. Yeah. Um, but that can easily, if you dwell in the shadow, yeah, you you can easily just become the shadow. Yeah. Right? So it's, 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 it's telling that they are black. They're, of course. Yeah, yes, of course. Right. The night, right? And they, they say, oh, we're, we're, this is all on purpose. The symbolism, it's all done intentionally because they, are, they consider themselves to all be in the dead of night, right? Yeah. But they're looking forward to the dawn, which is the rising of the phoenix again, right? Right. Um, but until that happens, they're going to do the secret work that people don't want to do. And it's funny because uh, Clive was a shield. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know that he was part of this order. He was he, not of he, the Black Shields. But he, he was, was uh, a shield. He was right, a shield of the, of the flame. Shield of the flame. A different yeah. order. But, yeah. but when he says, how dare you utter those words from your mouth, it almost sounds like, um, like he, he took a similar oath. Yeah, I'm sure he right. did. He probably yeah. said these same words. Yeah. But, but when he says that, it just means something different. When they say it, it's like, oh, you guys are just like, what, what would you call it? The secret police, basically, where yeah. you just like kill people at night. And that's like the um, Soviet Union or something like that. Like just the secret police or, or the CIA, honestly. Sure. <laughs> um, they just do the dirty work. And it's like, but that's, there's a way to do, there's a way to, um, to do this correctly. Yeah. To dwell in the shadow, but you have to maintain your connection with the light, right? Yes. It seems like they've severed that connection, yes. right? They talk about waiting for the light in to return. In particular, Annabella has done that. Yes, she's cut it for order. them. Yeah. And so they are just shadow monsters in the shadow killing yeah. things that they find. Yeah. And um, that 
like I, I wouldn't say that like uh, an intelligence agency is never some, a good thing for a country <laughs> to have. It just you got to be careful. It yeah. needs to behave a certain way. It yeah. can easily get out of hand. And what is it's only been um, eighteen years, I guess. Now, because thirteen uh, and then five. Thirteen to five, yeah. So eighteen yeah. since Rosaria fell, and yeah. already they are just completely separated from their previous, the spirit of their previous mission. Right, right. And it, they, they're following a new spirit now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's like completely the opposite. Yeah. And Clive is super pissed, but you would think that some of these Black Shields may have had a connection too. Right. There as well. But sure. it seems like after 18 years, that's kind of a long time. Yeah, it is. It really is. Especially and for like an a elite lot of fighting force. Yeah. Like if you join an elite fighting force when you're 20 and when you're 38, you're probably not part in, of in that. Elite, you're not a Navy you're SEAL still. You're not elite still. anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, like you can only really you're, be a Navy SEAL for like maybe 10 years. The <laughs> yeah. Before it's like, yeah. hey, go be a trainer or something. You can't go on missions yeah. anymore. You're too old. Right. Um, well, so 18 years is, is enough time for a whole new generation yeah, of, totally. of these people to show up. Yeah. yeah, And it's easy enough if you indoctrinate them on the way that um, they can all be of one yeah. mind, which is the opposite of what it used to be. That's and that, to- that happens throughout history. You see that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they've basically gone through and slaughtered, like, the abbot and, like, all of these. But what happened was they were going to execute Martha as well. But mm. the the... The bearers, the sick bearers. Oh, they protected done, her. They, they, they rose up and they fought. Yeah, and they so used she was their able last to kind of escape. Yeah. magic to, to sacrifice to, themselves yeah, to, protect to protect her. her. Yeah. yeah, so she was noble. able to make it out alive. The abbot was not. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. But they died protecting them. Yep. Um, and I loved the dialogue with the last kind of surviving bearer who's like nearly totally petrified. It's like his whole body except for his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, are the Imperials dead? And... Clive says they are every last one, and he says, "If only that were true." I know. I loved that line. Because I thought that was great. Like, well, I was talking about the ones here currently, right now, but he's yeah, he's, he's talking about he's dreaming of a future where yeah, they are completely the empire purged. is yeah. eradicated, right? Yes, they are. They are cold. Yes, you could say. <laughs> in the name of a greater, you know. Yeah, they find out that it was Clive's mother who was commanding this. Yeah. Um, so he ends up taking, I think, the remains of the abbot to like spread the ashes and yeah. So like so a, shall the waters cleanse thee of thy burden. Yeah, dumps them into the water. Yeah. So that's just interesting, right there on in its face. But I think it's interesting that everybody just accepts that this came directly from Annabella. Um, yeah. And Clive is just like, yeah, she always hated bears, <laughs> but this is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, it, the, the the ease at how quickly they are able to associate a lot of for the next like you know three hours of playthrough any bad thing we see it's like oh, that darn Annabella and I'm wondering if it really is all Annabella or not um, I think it, so because she's what they call I can't remember the title it's it's Divin Divin something uh, anyway I don't remember she's she's some like steward ruler of this particular like province of the empire oh right like it's her dominion rosaria is so if like the her af- dominion if though, officially but it's not called rosaria okay anymore. so that's why all of a sudden they're blaming her for everything that yes. happening it's because they've entered this specific place right We're basically what used to be rosaria used okay. to be his homeland she yeah, yeah. is the ruler of that particular gotcha area of the empire that makes sense because yeah. every time they'd see something bad it's like hi annabella and i'm thinking like i don't know it sounds like you're projecting just a little bit yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe and and this is the reason why later she makes a deal with kupka where she basically abandons that place so he can go like attack it right, right? that's right and yeah, then yeah. she goes back to 
where the emperor is at in like the capital in city. Sambrac, yeah. yeah. And so in order to, they were both trying to end the conflict, but he okay. all, anyway, well, that comes way later. <laughs> having, having played a little bit more, um, I do accept that this was probably Annabella. Um, it just feels, um, it's just, it's just kind of funny. I, guess. <laughs> I just saw what Beardmo wrote. I'm not going to say it in, in fear that we would be <laughs> yeah, censored, yeah, but yeah, that. <laughs> that basically that. Thanks Beardmo. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Uh, you can also do a side quest now to get Ambrosia. Did you do that? The, the chocobo, the white chocobo that he grew up yeah, with? Yeah, okay, I yeah. did. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, so like Ambrosia. Well, we didn't know it was the one he grew up with at first. Yeah, well, it took him a really long time. I was like, Clive, it's fetching eye. Look at its eye. <laughs> He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I thought oh. mine was the only white chocobo. <laughs> it was. Dude. Look at its fetching eye, dude. Look at its eye. It's, it's her. <laughs> <laughs> took him way too long good. to realize. But Oh, uh, by the way. Yeah. So they sent off the bearers ashes into the water, right? Yeah. But then they burned the Imperials on a pyre. Yes, that's right. Now in, in old Norse times, that was a noble sending, right? The, the to pyre, to burn somebody right. on a yeah. pyre, right? Or to send them off. I guess they did both. You would send someone off on a boat and then shoot a burning arrow at it and then burn the boat up while they're on the water. Um, but they they aren't completely disrespecting the bodies of the Imperial soldiers, evil as they were. I find that interesting. Unless yes. in their culture, burning it's on a pyre more, is bad. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the flame. Anyways, I don't know. I, I, I see them as being not nearly... I see them as actually being somewhat respectful to the bodies of, of the Black uh, Guard. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so my next one is you go back to the hideaway here. Gav has returned and he explains that Delmichia has decided to wage war against Sambrek in the name of liberation... Of the crystalline dominion. <laughs> oh, of course. Right. You have to liberate. Just like uh, China has to liberate Taiwan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Clive sees this as a perfect opportunity to move against the mother crystals because all of these people are going to be, you know, at the the crystalline dominion center of the world. They're well, hold fighting on, hold there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Or just like America had to liberate Iraq. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's yes, probably a exactly better. Exactly right. A better Exactly example. right. So everyone's going to be See, I can be self. I can criticize my own, you know. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to be fighting near the Crystalline Dominion, right? That's They're going to basically launch a siege against the, the city there, which is since um, the Mother Crystal was destroyed at, in Sandbrek's prior, Sandbrek's prior... In Drake's head, right? Yeah, Drake's head. Yeah. They've abandoned that as their capital city, and now they've taken the Crystalline Dominion's capital city, so that's kind of like where the Emperor's seat is at now. So they're going to... Dalmechia is going to launch a siege against that city. And yeah. so all these forces are going to be here. Now is finally the right time. Yep. There's the, the, the other crystals won't be as well guarded. Right. Let's go take one out. Go so ahead. they're like, okay, are we heading to Drake's Fang, which is the Delmechian one? It's like, nope, that's exactly what Kuka would, Kuka would expect us to do. So I'm not doing that. I'm going to go after Drake's Breath, the one that is held by the Iron Blood. It's in the water, right? Yeah, in the yeah. Boiling Sea. Um, so we're going to go there because that's not where they expect us to go. And those dudes up there on the islands have not been involved in quite a while because they were stupid and they got rid of their... Of their uh, <laughs> uh, titan, what yeah, is it? they were careless their with their dominant. Yeah. So, like, but somehow not, nobody has flattened them. Yeah, they just... Once, once everybody, their dominant's everybody gone, is, they just let them keep existing they're, until they're, they get another well, dominant later? Go crush them. If you were to send a force yeah. out there to fight them on their Iron Islands oh, or whatever. Oh, over the water. And It'd be risk, an amphibious. 
Dalmekia or Walet, Walud coming, you know, like it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like we could do that, I but then you. we would be weakening ourselves. It's just that they're not on important the front. anymore. It's like we'll get to that later once we've yeah. actually thrown overthrown the empire or that once I, we've sense. we've driven back our enemies the empire's thinking, right? I think that's kind of the thought. That makes sense. Yeah, I like But that. uh so that's where they're going to go. They're going to <laughs> uh, take to destroy Drake's breath. That's their next yeah, uh, I think it's because Byron showed up, and I got confused because he comes again later. Anyway. He does. He comes again later. But yeah, that's not so Jill is now going to have to deal with her past the way that Clive did his before. Yes, although not exactly the same way. Not the same <laughs> way. I, I've but she does have. Uh, yeah, she has to contend with her past because she used to be enslaved by Ironholm, right? Yes. So she says uh, after learning the truth. You were given the chance to face your past. If I'm able to continue at your side, I must do the same. Right. And then he says the same thing to her that she said to him. We'll face it together then. Yeah, Clive to is end. like totally cool with She's it. being very supportive of yeah. her. You know, she, she needs to go resolve take, take, take what happened. Yeah. So I've watched this part through a couple of times because I think we had talked about it last time. It yes. seems strange. <clears throat> At face value, at first, yeah, that's what that I read Clive's it. resolution to his past is to accept the shadow, not to take revenge. Yeah, it seems that her resolution to her past is to take revenge <laughs> and not to deal with the internal yes. shadow in any way. Yeah. I've, as I watched it over again, I think it's not that. I just think that okay. it, she talks so much to Imran about. I don't, I don't remember if she says vengeance specifically, but it seems like she's after revenge. But I think yeah. what she's actually after is um, the fact that she allowed them to use her. Oh, that's better. For all that's of better. these terrible things. So, so the longer she leaves him alive, the more he will hurt other yes, people. Right. That's way better. And and so <laughs> to way atone for the fact that she didn't stand up to him earlier. Yeah. Because he just killed all these people anyways. Yes. Even though he promised true. he wouldn't, if she would do what they said, yeah. he would just do it anyways. So she is feeling guilty for having fought for him at all. That instead makes of just way taking more a stand. Sense. And now she's going to right that wrong, basically. Okay. To atone for having caused all the suffering and being the monster that she was for the sake of, oh, please don't hurt the little girls and the people. Okay. And he just did it anyways. So it's externalized once, but yeah. but it is it is an internal struggle that she is dealing with. Yes. And that the only real solution, and I believe it in this yes. case, is that this He's, person has to He has, has to, to fetch and die. Yeah, he has to be gone. Yeah. And their whole, um, their whole system of sacrificing orphans needs to be done away with. Right. And uh, that's that's good. I mean, yes. I got halfway there. I just, I, well, I didn't go all the way there. The way and and I only it. really saw it when I, again, I watched the scenes a couple of times yeah. afterwards and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really paying attention to what she's saying. Her motivation. That's what right? she's really Her saying. Her motivation. It's not about vengeance. Sense, it's yeah. about the people she left there good, who good. are suffering. And, and she has been, the power to The past do five years, yeah. they've still been suffering. And I'm guessing every right. day that goes by, it weighs a little bit more on her heart. Like, right. ah, I, I could have gone and saved a few more people today. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good. Um, so they get to a town called Amber. 
um, the people don't want Clive to no, be here. They're like, they get don't. out, go away. Like, you're yeah. just going to make it worse for us. Please leave. <laughs> it's a small town and everyone knows everyone else and they yeah. know that he's not from there. And yeah. that I think the soldiers have been coming around and knocking on doors lately. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, we don't want any trouble. Yep. There's um, somebody who we're going to find out a little later is Wade, who survived the whole ordeal back at Phoenix Gate. Sir Wade, who has been... Um, basically defying the black shields and they're pursuing this person. They're mm. like, where is he? That they're, they're questioning about him and his like group of bandits. And okay. the people are like, we don't know. We promise. Right. So they're like, get away from us. They're going to think that we're lying. Like go away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and so and anyways, th- what's great is that Clive, once again, it's like, he's trying to help these people. They don't want his help. Um, but at least in this instance, Clive is like, yeah, we really should go. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so he is, he's not just completely blockheadedly just like diving into every situation and people are telling him, please stop helping us. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to help you anyways. Yeah. Instead, he is being more calculated about it. Yeah. And he's being very specific about when he helps and when he uh, doesn't because he does want to minimize, minimize casualties. Yeah. Um, one of the lines here from the soldiers as we're kind of passing through here, uh, the Black Knights are saying that Rosaria must be burned to rise again from the ashes mm-hmm. using the phoenix symbolism yeah, on the right. people but reversing it like yep. almost like like flipping it on its head gaslighting and like, them with the yeah. symbol <laughs> like it's and i can imagine i can see yeah. this this happens all the time like symbolism has a specific meaning but it always has a way that it can be twisted. flipped and twisted yeah. and then used to um separate ends right yeah. like the point of the phoenix being capable of dying and rising again is not to purposefully kill it so that then it can rise again that is like a a, a an inversion of the whole thing. Yeah. It's not It's not meant to be that way. In fact, the phoenix, as we see, in, at least in this story, he heals people. Yeah. He has healing powers, right? Mm. And when they step up and they're like, oh, it's the phoenix. Oh, let's, because they've made the connection. Oh, the microcosm, macrocosm. Oh, the land is the phoenix, not just the phoenix. Right. So if we burn the land, then the phoenix comes back. But that's the same as like purposefully killing Joshua. Yeah. Like that's not what the symbolism means. Yeah. Anyways, I love yeah. it. It's really yeah, good. That, I, I like that too. It's it's they're sort of turning their own mythology, their own yeah, sort of like uh, religious beliefs. I don't know what you'd call it back yeah. on them. And it is maybe. because at least in part, the purpose of the phoenix was that it serves a greater power, right? That there's something there there's something else that is the phoenix isn't dying isn't an end to itself dying it so yeah. that you can be reborn isn't the point yes. the point is something else the de- death and rebirth is the cycle that yes. everything has to go through in order to achieve a greater end yeah right, right? Good point. but when when you mistake when you take the symbol and you take it outside of its purpose and you treat it as an end into it in and of itself, mm. it becomes something of a fallen principality. You could yes, say it right. begin. it becomes like a demon that takes everything in unto itself and does not participate in anything yeah. greater. And then, then the point is kill everything and it'll come back. And that's the point. Yes. Holy crap. But I see how they get totally there. Misrepresented I see, it. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. I love it. Good stuff. And then there's also this idea here that the people believe that if they just cooperate that the empire will show them mercy yep. and they just keep their head down and it's fine. they don't agree with it but they aren't going to say anything because yeah. if they speak out then they're going to get in trouble they're going to get and, killed and it's better to just to, lay low they'll probably survive longer this goes back to how committed are you really to forging the new world exactly because yeah. everyone's going to suffer a lot more and these people are not willing to suffer more for the new exactly. world exactly like, and, nope. and <laughs> in their defense they have suffered a lot already sure but things move along the path of least resistance right yes. and and 
people are willing to do what is easy. Yes. Uh, instead of what is meaningful or, or important. Yeah. If it means they will suffer less. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're going to leave off there. We were intending to get all the way through the destruction of the uh, Drake's breath crystal. But mm -hmm. um, anyway, we had a lot of stuff we talked about at the beginning. We so did. next time we won't get into comments. Uh, we'll do that the following episode. Um, but we're going to play up next time all the way through um, the destruction of the Drake's Fang Crystal, Mother Crystal, yep, and the yep. Titan battle. So that's what we're going to be aiming for for next time. So thank you for watching. See you again next week. Peace out.